Listen to me. Welcome back to the One Extraordinary Marriage Show where we talk about sex, love, and commitment. I'm Tony DiLorenzo. And I'm Elisa DiLorenzo. And in today's show, we're going to talk about truly listening to your spouse, especially when it comes to sexual intimacy and making love. Now, you know, you guys, we love hearing from you. And so if there's ever anything that we talk about or something that's going on with the two of you, we'd love for you to pick up the phone and give us a call. You can reach us at any time at 858-876-5663. And that's a great way. You don't have to leave your name. You don't have to leave where you're from. Just share what's going on because whatever's going on with you, it's probably going on with somebody else in our listening audience. Now, Tony opened up the show saying that we're going to be talking about truly listening to your spouse. And I want to share this quote from Ernest Hemingway, very well-known author. Mm -hmm. He said, when people talk, listen completely. Most people never listen. It's powerful when you really think about it because so often we're already coming up with what we're going to say based on the first three words of whatever the person said to us. We're thinking about our own agenda, what kind of time frame we're, we're on, what we've got coming up, all of this kind of stuff. And we're not really stopping to listen and hear what the other person has to say. And this podcast actually came out of conversations that I had with two women over the last few weeks, talking about some of the frustrations that they're experiencing in their marriage. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it really made me think, okay, what's, what's going on here? Because the one wife, I actually, I, I got to give her credit because she actually said they, she didn't talk about their sexual intimacy in the bedroom. So somebody has been listening to us and knows that you don't bring up sex when you're in the middle of the moment. Um, yes, it's always best. And, and welcome to all you new listeners. And what Elisa is alluding to there is that if you want to try something new in your bedroom, it's probably not the best time to be right in the moment and be like, okay, do this to me. You, you may want to have some conversations prior to going to the bedroom going, hey, you know what? It'd be really neat if we could try a new position. And we don't need to determine what that position is right now. But maybe when we're in the heat of moment, if we can just move outside of what we, our comfort zone, missionary style, then let's do that. Maybe we can go from behind. Maybe we can do something that's, you know, um, standing up, what, whatever it may be. It, it helps if you just bring in those conversations prior to walking into the bedroom, heat of the moment. Now, the other side of that is if something's not working, it is okay to say in the moment, Yes, that's not working for me. Happens many a times for us. And it's just one thing that Elise and I enjoy a lot is oral sex. Mm-hmm. We, we do enjoy that. But there are times during the month or just where Lisa may be that oral sex isn't for her. So I will honestly, I will be going down and she'll just go, "Mm, no, not today, not today. And it's not a, oh my gosh, she just completely rejected me and I cannot move forward. It's just, no, that's just not it right now. And and where this conversation that I had with this one particular woman, there is a form of foreplay that her husband enjoys almost exclusively. And for her, it's spanking. And for her, it has bad Um, connotations just from childhood, you know, being spanked as a child and that type of thing. And so she's actually had conversations with her husband saying, I don't like it when you do this. 
and he's still doing it. And so, you know, of course, my first question is, have you guys had a state of the marriage conversation on this? And if you guys haven't, you know, heard us talk about state of the marriage before that type of thing, you'll want to check out he zigs, she zags, because we talk about it in depth there. It's a way to communicate with your spouse. It's a very structured system because you don't want to just, you know, say, hey, I want to talk to you. Defensive walls go up. But here's a wife that has had that conversation. Her husband's still not listening and she's not as engaged or as desiring of sex because he's not listening to her. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so I want to, you know, having that conversation with one woman, then having another conversation with another woman. The reason I have all the conversations with the women is because, you know, that's who I hang out with. But another woman, same kind of conversation. This one dealt more with her job, but you know, her husband's not listening to her needs and what she needs out of the relationship in regards to validation from him. You know, her love language happens to be words of affirmation and she's not getting that. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, Tony and I were talking about this and I said, you know, we need to address this issue. And this is not a male bashing thing. I, I want to be very clear just because I talk to women and they're talking about their husbands. This episode, I'm not bashing the guys. We're not bashing the guys because this can go either way. Oh, totally. You know, when your spouse tells you something in regards to sexual intimacy, you need to stop and listen to them because what they're telling you matters. Mm -hmm. It matters as to how much sex you're going to have. It matters as to how enjoyable sex is going to be for both of you. Because if there's something that your spouse does not like and you're continuously pushing that point, they're going to withdraw from you. Mm-hmm. And you guys know it because whether you've had the conversation or not, this is happening in many of your marriages. You've stopped listening because it's become all about what you enjoy in the bedroom. And when you become a selfish lover like that, let me tell you something, it kills the intimacy. Yep. Usually what you'll get is either partner just performing for the sake of getting you off, getting your spouse off your back. Mm-hmm. You know, you're, you're, you're just going to have sex for the sake of just going enough already and move on. And so that may be the one time you do it for the month or a couple of months until it, you know, rears its head again. And you go through that same cycle, listening to your spouse when it comes to sexual intimacy is vitally important. And here's the thing, folks, you need to talk about sex to each other in a healthy way prior to ever walking into your bedroom. And that's what I really desire you to do. I really do desire you two to be able to talk about sex openly and honesty, honestly for what it is, something vastly beautiful, something just absolutely amazing that happens between a husband and a wife when their emotional intimacy is connected, when their physical intimacy is connected, when their spiritual intimacy is connected. Mm-hmm. Our society has perverted sex so much that we have internalized it and destroyed it in our marriage. And it's not. It is something that is absolutely beautiful. It is something that God has created for us to enjoy each other. It's not just to make kids. You know, it is a time to be able to enjoy each other. Read Song of Solomon. 
many a times she goes down to the berries. He goes down on her. Their talk of her breasts in there, them stealing away and having a good time each for each other. So that is a big thing. And I know you may be having issues with that because you've been brought up in a world where sex has been hyper, hyper sensualized because of what you've seen Mm -hmm. and what you've listened to. And so it takes time to realize how important the sex is in your marriage. And the only way you're going to do is by listening to each other, talking about it to each other. Interesting story. I was getting my hair done and my hairdresser mentioned, because again, you know, start talking about what we do. You know, we talk about sex, love and commitment in marriage and had brought up that, you know, her husband was bringing up, you know, wanting to talk about different foreplay. And she's like, what do I do? I go, well, you talk to him about it. She goes, what do you mean? I go, sit down, face each other, talk about foreplay. What do you like? What don't you like? What would you like to try? What, would, what don't you want to try? Ask him the questions. Listen to what he has to say. Because then that's where you're learning. And in an instance where Lisa brought up, where the one spouse was performing an act that wasn't desirable by his spouse, that's another time to listen, to go, okay, you don't like that. I'm not going to continue doing that to you. And, you know, to address that specifically uh, in our own marriage, you know, there were years that I did not enjoy performing oral sex on Tony. I was going to say, you've enjoyed spanking. Yeah, no, spanking hasn't been an issue. Okay. But oral sex, I I did not enjoy performing that on you. And Mm -hmm. and years, years, years. I mean, guys, we've been married almost 17 years. And I would say it's probably been in the last six months. Mm Mm-hmm. Three to to six months? Three. No, it's been more than three. Okay, so maybe six months. But what happened was, I mean, you know, there would be times where Tony's like, I want a blowjob. I'm like, fabulous. You're not getting one. You know, because I I didn't like it. Hold on real quick. You know what that is? That's a selfish lover. I own it. Completely and utterly own that. Only about me. It was only about me. And it was one of those things too where we never, in those early years, we never unpacked why. Right. That wasn't good. And for those of you that are new listeners, um, Tony and I were not virgins when we got married. Mm -mm. And so this is one of those places where your previous experiences color your current marriage Mm -hmm. because I'd had a bad experience with that in the past. And because of that, I wasn't real interested in engaging with Tony in that way. And so, you know, this goes on for years and, you know, I do the obligatory like birthday, Christmas, (laughs) maybe one more time a year. I mean, it was, it was really probably a handful of times every year. Yeah. And Oh, if that, if that I was being a little generous, Yeah, that's five, Uh, three to five. Um, maybe on a good year, maybe like one to three. Okay. We'll go one to three, but it's something that, you know, as we've been working on our sexual intimacy, specifically over the last six years, five and a half years, six years, you know, we've been able to have those conversations. We've been able to talk through why I haven't liked something. And so now Tony doesn't say, this is what I want. You know, give it to me or else woman. It's more like, you know, are you up for this? 
And I will tell you that just changing the question allows me to change my response because I don't feel like I'm something's being demanded of me. I feel like I'm being asked if I want to give. Mm-hmm. And we've gotten to the point now where I actually enjoy it. Yeah. But that's been a process of almost 17 years. And, and I will say this just for those guys who are like, oh my gosh, there's hope. It, it's not every single time. Okay. <laughs> it, it's not like, oh my gosh, she enjoys it. So it's every single time. No. I mean, it, it, at this point, it's probably once a month. Which, you know, that makes 12 times a year, which is a substantial increase. Correct. We haven't gotten through a whole year yet. So we'll see what happens. Right. We haven't gotten through a whole <gasps> year yet. But just understand that is major victory in our marriage. You know, that is a huge breakthrough. And that is something I don't think many of us do when we listen to our spouses and do what they're asking. And we're able to achieve something amazing in our bedroom. Mm-hmm. We're always going, oh, there's more, there's better. Enjoy the moment. Enjoy that time together because that is a great place to be. Well, and, and listening is a skill. Right. I, I want to be very clear that we are not born listeners, most of us. I mean, there are those few people out there, those handful of people that are just naturally very gifted at the art of listening. Oh, yeah. But most of us are so wrapped up in ourselves that we want to hear what we have to say and we think it's the most important thing on earth. And so we don't pause. We don't pause to let somebody else voice their opinions, voice their feelings, and we don't really consider them. Right. You know, and so when your spouse is like willing to be vulnerable enough with you to say, this isn't working for me, I don't like this, I don't want this, you've got to be able to pause. Mm-hmm. And just like Ernest Hemingway said, you've got to really be able to hear them because that vulnerability will take your marriage to a whole new level. Right. And when we're talking about sex, you know what? I'm going to put a link in the show notes. So come on back to the to the show 185 and go to the show notes. And I'm going to put a link to 19 questions um, to get the sexual intimacy going in your marriage, I think it's called. I forget. These questions, yeah. These questions are very in-depth. Some of them may actually shock some of you because it's going to ask you to really have conversations about sex across the spectrum. Outside, again. Outside your box. Outside your, well, and outside the bedroom. Again, we're going to have this conversation prior to walking in the bedroom to have sex. And there's 19 questions, like I said, and you may only answer one or two one night. And then you're going to go back and you're going to answer some more another night. Uh, it's called 19 questions to amazing sex with your spouse. So I will make sure to link that up. Uh, the questions are right there, or you can print out the PDF of it. And this way you can go, okay, let's ask some questions. And I'm going to, I'm going to read some for you just right now so that you get a, a, an idea of what we're talking about. How can we romance each other during the day in anticipation of sex? I mean, that's a great question that each of you can ask each other mm-hmm. and go, what is it that we can do that, that we can do to romance each other before we even get to the sexual bed bedroom? You know what I mean? So it's not just the, hey, babe, I'm patting you on the butt, and then we're walking into the bedroom. So it, that, that doesn't happen for many of us. Many of us need to be aroused. And many of us need sort of that priming. You know, you got to prime the pump. And guys, a little tidbit here. Most women really do like to be romanced. 
before, you know, that's like the biggest form of foreplay. So if you can romance her all day long, things are going to, you know, you've got a much better chance there come the end of the day. Here's another one. Initiating sex. We've talked about this in the past. You can look it up. High desire, low desire spouse. There's always going to be a high desire spouse. There's always going to be a low desire spouse. High desire spouse could have want sex two times a week. Low desire spouse could want it one time a week. It's, it's as simple as that. High desire, low desire. It's not this massive like, hey, you want it 10 times and your spouse wants it once. It could be three, two, four, three, whatever you want it to be. But what ways do you show me that you are initiating sex? We each show our spouse how we initiate differently. Mm-hmm. We do. And we don't learn that subtleness. We think that initiating sex is that, guys, talking to you, because this is in my mind years ago, Elisa is going to come into the room, maybe wearing a thong, high heels, nothing else, maybe dancing, has the music on, you know, candles are blazing. That's, that's, that's my vision. You know how Elisa initiates? She's laughing. I'm laughing because I don't think once in 17 years of married life that has ever happened for you. But keep going. I, it's I, a good, it's a I good, agree. It's a good image. I, no, I agree. But that, you know, we get that in our mind. Uh-huh. Elisa's way of initiating, very subtle. They are touches. They are the text message. It's, you know what, honey? I'm going to just light the candles. Very subtle. Could be like last night when our daughter, son was at football practice and our daughter was talking about going over to her friend's house. And I said, why don't you just go? Um, Dad and I will be here. And so the, and I looked at Tony with the one eyebrow raised. Right. There was that instantaneous, oh, I know what she's talking about with the eyebrow raised. The minute our daughter headed over to her friend's house, oh. game on. Game on. Right. And that was a beautiful session. New position even tried that night. So that these are questions that you need to ask mm-hmm. because if you don't know how what, what you don't if you don't know what your spouse is doing to initiate you're missing those cues right and that's a form of listening you know that's a form of listening because as you become closer and you understand those cues you can go oh okay i see where you're going now and you know again you don't get married and get a blueprint, a manual on your spouse. It's kind of like, you know, new parents joke about how they wish they, you know, their babies got sent home from the hospital with, you know, the baby manual. You don't have one of those for your spouse. Either. That would be nice. You know, yeah. The 101 ways to love your spouse. You don't get that when you say I do. So you need to create that. And the way that you create that is by having these conversations, by talking about what works and what doesn't work. And it, some of these questions, um, if it's completely off limits, it's completely off limits for your spouse. Don't go there. Because we've told you time and time again, we'll repeat it well into the future. You only go as far as the most conservative spouse on any particular issue in regards to sex. Right. Because you've got to keep that level of trust. I mean, part of having sex and part of being able to give yourself to another person is about feeling secure mm-hmm. in that. And so when you, when you break that by not listening, when they've told you repeatedly, this isn't working for me, or when you've done the 19 questions and they say, no, that's off the table, but you're like, no, I still want to try this. That's violating trust in your marriage, guys. That erodes the foundation. It does not mean that you can't come back to it a year from now two years from now, 
you may be at a different place. Mm-hmm. You are constantly evolving and growing as a person and as a couple, and especially when it comes to your sexual bedroom. So these things change. Elise and I have changed over the years where there are things that we used to do in the past that we don't do any longer. They do not bring enjoyment to her. It doesn't bring enjoyment to me. There are things we do now that bring tons of enjoyment. And that's what we, we do those because we enjoy them. But we've learned about that because we actually made a very conscious decision to go from being selfish lovers mm-hmm. to being servant lovers. Right. And part of that transition process of saying it's all about me and it's all about what my needs are and it's all about what I want you to do to me or for me or whatever that is to saying, how, how do I love you? How do I show my love to you? you know, and when you make that transition, you will see transformation in your marriage. You will see, you know, it's like I was talking to this particular wife that I opened the show with and I said, I'm just going to ask you a question. If he would just stop doing that and maybe, you know, start having the conversation with you about what you would like for foreplay. I said, would you want to have more sex? And she looked at me and she started laughing. She's like, of course. And so my thought was, okay, here's a guy that probably wants to have more sex, but he's not doing what his wife needs. So he's not getting all the sex he wants. So he's probably frustrated. They're both unhappy and it's a very simple fix by having one of these conversations about your sex life and by truly listening, opening up your ears, putting aside your own agenda and listening to what your spouse has to say, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and maybe you take those questions and you say, you know, kind of like the 77 questions to get the conversation started. I'm not telling you with these 19 questions to sit down and have a marathon session where you answer all 19 in one day. No, it, it's th- not going to be good. It's too much. It, it's overload. It's the same thing with the 77 questions. I tell people we've got that as a resource for them and their eyes glaze over. Like I, I can't even answer three questions in the day. And I said, great. I only want you to answer one mm-hmm. because what's going to happen as you open up the conversation with these 19 questions, you're going to start having give and take in your communication. Oh, crazy concept, guys. You're going to start saying, well, why do you feel that way? What would you be willing to try? And so your conversations are by nature going to get longer. And that's a good thing because the more you spend talking about what works or what's not working outside of your bedroom, the more enjoyable your bedroom is going to be for the two of you. Because you're going to be able to go in there and say, you know what? I know Like, for example, I will get random texts during the day, usually on the days that Tony is, you know, one of Tony's three days to take the lead. And so I can always tell which day he's getting ready to have sex because I'll start getting these random text messages during the day. They're not not random. Not so random. They're not random. They're not random. They're, they're, they're planned. But the first one always throw, you know, I'm like, oh, you know, it's always that first realization of, okay, he's romancing me. Text this to your spouse. Text this to your spouse. And So he, very much like what he told you earlier in the show, he's priming the pump. He's getting me to say, okay, mentally, you need to be putting yourself in this place. But he's not, you know, sending me a text message saying, you, me, sex, seven o'clock. Yeah. That wouldn't work in our family. For some of you, it might, but in our marriage, not so much. Um, But the, you look really attractive, you know, with whatever you've got on today, or thank you for taking care of this for me. You know, those little things, they go a long way on both sides of the bed. 
Well, Ladies, text this to your spouse also goes towards your husband's. Mm-hmm. And, and here's the thing with answering these questions. The, the greatest thing is that by answering them and listening, you can take action. Mm-hmm. So by trying to answer all 19 in one shot, I honestly believe it's overload. Like Elisa said, you're not going to be able to take that in and use it in your marriage. So here's a question. For instance, what scent or sense would you like to have in our bedroom when making love? Okay. So what, what kind of aroma would you like to have in there? As Elisa chuckles. I do chuckle because we actually read some research that was done on this and donut, the smell of donuts was actually one of the scents um, that was powerful for men. And I laugh because I absolutely love donuts. And so I was like, oh, actually, that might not be a bad smell. Uh, but for us, it's vanilla. Vanilla. Um, the cin- Is it the cinnamon one? We do have cinnamon. The we cinnamon. also have like a citrusy orange. Citrusy orange. But anyways, here's, that, that's a simple question you ask. Well, well I don't know. I had never thought about that. Okay, well, let's go. You know, again, I understand you have kids. Maybe it's on a date night that you take that opportunity. Maybe you roll through the mall and you find one of those candle shops and go find some scents that you like. Oh, look, the questions led into a date night. <gasps> Which is even better. But then you're able to use that and apply it. Mm-hmm. And how awesome is that to walk into a bedroom? If, you, if it's your night to take the lead, right? You walk into a bedroom, there's six candles blazing. They're of the scent that you enjoy. You walk into that bedroom, the aroma hits you, and you're like, ah, oh, okay. This, this is a good start to making love. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a good start to where we're going to go and where this is going to end up. But the greatest thing about this, and it's, it's listening to me, listen to me. It, it's, it's that stuff that you don't enjoy. Listen to your spouse, but it's also listen to me the hey, this is what I do enjoy. Mm -hmm. And it's by opening up and sharing who we are. It's what we've said time and time again. When we take off our masks, we are loved more, not less for who we are. We are loved more. As I take off those masks, Elisa can love me more because I get to show the true person that I am. And yes, you may be going, well, these are really simple questions. Yes, but they open up a part of you that your spouse has probably never seen and they need to. And by doing so, they can love you more. They can understand you and who you are and what you do enjoy so that they can be a servant lover and not a selfish lover and vice versa. Mm-hmm. So today, this week, your job, your marriage job for the week is to download the 19 questions. Well, you don't have to download. You can, I'll, have the, I'll have the link. The you, link. you can get you it. Can yeah, see it. The 19 questions are there or you can get the, the PDF. Either way, it's cool. Whatever way works best for you. Go paperless. Yeah. It, it's better for the environment. But set aside one night this week to tackle one of those questions. To start the conversation. Because I promise you that starting this conversation will open up the door for the two of you to have an amazing sex life. Mm-hmm. But you have to start. It's not enough to just listen to us talk about it, to t- listen to us talking to you about listening. You actually have to practice this with one another. So yeah. set aside some time this week. Call us and let us know how it went. Call us and tell us what the highlight was of the conversation. You guys know when you call us, it's 858 Don't put your name on there. Don't tell us where you're from. Just tell us about the experience Uh because 
you taking the time to have that conversation and share it with us and with the audience gives hope and gives permission for other couples in the audience to do the same thing that you did. It's one thing if we say it, it's another thing if you get out there and do it. Yep. And so with that, you guys, thank you all for leaving your iTunes reviews and your ratings. It is awesome to see those. If you haven't done so, please go on over to iTunes, look up One Extraordinary Marriage Show, give us a rating, give us a review, let the world know what you think of what we do here and how we impact marriages. Talking about sex, we're talking about love, we're talking about commitment. You guys, we love you so much. We hope you have a fantastic week and we will catch you next time.